Hi everyone, it's Martin here in the editing booth. Before we get started today, I've realised that I made a mistake in the introduction of this podcast and gave the wrong episode number. This is episode 29, not episode 24 as I suggested. Normally I would just cut in the correction and not tell anyone, but this time I couldn't get away with doing that because it comes up later on in the episode. So I owe both my listeners and William an apology for that. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. It's the 18th of September 2018 and this is the 24th episode of the What's Up podcast presented by Old Ricky Astro. My name's Martin. I'm Ali. And I'm William. Today we're going to cover a few news stories that have caught our eye recently. We've got stories with lots of money involved, others with lots of speculation involved, and one with a lot of energy involved. So we'll start off with the thing we will never see and that is the lots of money. Ali. This is, I have only just dived into this so forgive me if I'm rambling like a crazy person as I'm usually doing, but the, it was this story that SpaceX have just announced who the first official passenger of um, SpaceX's first moon shot mission, uh, who that's going to be. Uh, and it's it's really interesting. So I started reading around it and started diving into it. And there is lots of money involved, yes, but they haven't disclosed exactly how much this ticket to the moon was going to cost. I'm going to assume more than 50 quid. Uh, well, I, the quote that I found from my diving in was that the, the gentleman in question, whose name has now escaped me, hold on while I, I go and look it up on the computer, uh, it's a Japanese gentleman, and he's very rich. He's, we're talking billionaire class here. Uh, and his name is uh, Yuzaku Mizawa. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, the entire cost of the development for the BFR rocket, which stands for Big Falcon Rocket. I've said that very carefully. Falcon Rocket. Yes. I think that's what you said. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty so, sure yeah, the F yeah. stands for whatever you want it to stand for. Um, so that rocket development, it's not flown. It hasn't flown. It's changed in the concept art and the art that we've seen over the last year or two. It's it's epically big, um, you know, bordering Saturn V or bigger kind of class mm. of rocket. Heavy, super heavy lift. 100 tons to Earth orbit at a minimum, that kind of thing. Uh, it's going to cost at least $5 billion to get it up and running. And um, Elon Musk, I think, had, had said something along the lines of the, the portion that this gentleman has given to pay for his ticket, as it were, is a sizable chunk of that. What? He didn't specify, but it's, you know, it's, it's a significant percentage. That was kind of the wording. So, yeah. you know, it could be a billion bucks or something, you know. And what's really cool is that this gentleman did not buy a single seat. He bought the whole flight. <laughs> so it's his trip to the moon he's now got more friends than anybody else yeah. him and all the drinking buddies are going to go yeah go well the they probably will like a drink and this is because he's bringing artists and creative types with him which i think is typing up i having had uh, what's the phrase i dipped a toe in those waters in the past i i i like a drink so yes i'm just i'm just generalizing because i assume they all do um, but it's actually really nice because there's, there's even a hashtag now. They have a, a website already where he's put a little statement that says that I'm going. Um, he was all about um, sort of promoting uh, the earth and using the moon as part of bringing everybody together kind of thing. So it's mm. all very lofty goals. And the hashtag is Dear Moon, which I thought was quite nice. And he's going to put eight prominent artists on this rocket, take them around the moon. They only get one 
flyby. This is it. It's it's not an orbital class mission. It's mm-hmm. it's the bare minimum of time that you will get around the moon. So you'll loop around it once. You'll be really close, as close as the Apollo astronauts were orbiting themselves. But instead of settling into orbit, you'll just sort of skim around the back yeah. and do a sort of wonderful figure eight. And they, they call it a free return trajectory. And it's very fuel efficient because the moon kind of throws you back at the Earth mm-hmm. for free. And you don't have um, to... Would you have to slow down, presumably, if you drop into orbit? Um, uh, yes. Yeah. You'll, you'll have to... Um, you want to bring your apple apogee down, so you'd have to to slow, uh, and that will park you in lunar orbit, and then you have to speed up again to leave. So right. yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but the um, the mission itself gives you the classic Earth rise, but you're only going to mm-hmm. get one chance to get it. So you know everyone will be crammed up at the the bay windows because in the concept art, this rocket has really chunky looking windows right at the front, which look kind of pretty. Well, it's healthy sci-fi, but as we know from talking about SpaceX in the past, um, it's a it's a dangerous uh, yeah, yeah. dividing line between what they can and can't do. So I'll you know I'll I'll judge them when I see it on the. Although path. you think about the design of the is it the uh, capilla on the ISS, the um, sort of glazed section that points down at the Earth. Oh, the one where like you see Hadfield and ah, yeah. um, is it Christopher Etty? And there's uh, some oh, famous picture of her yeah, with her hair everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of the I big one. It's a kind of like six-sided hexagonal. Um, mm. I'm not going to say dome because it's not quite dome, but that kind of hexagonal structure. That's pretty strong. It's, it's good where design. you want to spend your off time. Yeah, but, but that was quite a recent addition, I think, to the space station because because mm. it wasn't viewed as priority, I suppose. No, but, but also. I don't know why they didn't do it. Maybe it was just not priority, but it felt like it was kind of, uh, you go, oh, we'll stick a nice window on. But I suppose the whole point of this thing is about the window, so maybe yeah. they do do that on, on day one. I yeah. would love to have been a fly on the wall when that was first suggested. You want to put glass on the front of the space station? Lots of glass. Uh, well, yeah, well, why? Because it's pretty, but it's glass. Uh, <laughs> it's not glass, it's polycarbonate. Okay, Dead. shut up, Ali. <laughs> as, as a genuine expert on glass... I was waiting for a transparent that. aluminum joke there and get all Star Trek-y with it. But yeah, that's... Um, okay, fair enough. I'll hang my head in shame. How has this guy made his money, do you know? Uh, is it like a tech billionaire or... Oh, that's a really good question. And, you know, I didn't actually look into that, so I you know, didn't want to prejudge the man. Uh, you know, he's made his money, and that's mm. fine. And I know he's a big art enthusiast because he'd, right. he'd been in the paper for um, bidding a huge amount of money for one of his favourite artists. Um Pretty, it, pretty sure he's not an artist himself because they don't have billions of <laughs> But the, the thing that made me sort of uh, sort of go, home, oh, it was the fact that, you know, would you want to put all your creative eggs in one rocket-shaped basket? I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a before. second. Well, um, uh, the Apollo 8 mission, is, I guess, is the most directly comparable thing to what the BFR will do. And um, I was, I'm going to correct myself because last month I said that the Apollo 8 astronauts flew on the Saturn V, and that was the first time it had ever flown in that configuration. That's not true. There was two other Apollo missions that were unmanned that had Saturn V E bit on. One of them wasn't very successful, so it was still very risky, but I, you know, I was incorrect, so I'm, I'm walking my jet lag brain back from that one. But this rocket is in that same boat in that it's never flown once, never mind has reached a point where people are confident enough to put humans on it as well. Mind you, they presumably um, will have done. I mean, not, they're not going to put them on the first one. Uh, well, I, with rockets of this you scale, not. you get into a horrible wall of budget because, you know, you, when you're trying to lift 100 tons into low Earth orbit, I mean, just for comparison, you've got the Falcon 9, then the Falcon Heavy, which is um, braggadociously, and I use a Trump word, mm-hmm. uh, is, no. um, it's bigly. Um, the Falcon Heavy is about twice as good at getting stuff into low Earth orbit as anything else currently in existence. So it's double anything we currently run. 
but it's still only about half a Saturn V. And if you want to lob enough material that you can bring oxygen tanks and keep squishy things alive for a long time, you need to be in that Saturn V class. So there's very few rockets that have ever come close to that. And the space shuttle could lift a lot, but Mm -hmm. the space shuttle launch mass (laughs) included itself, which is not ideal. So it could lift about 20 tons, Falcon Heavies. Um, I think Saturn V could do 46 tons or something to the moon and 140, 150 tons to low Earth orbit. So Falcon Heavy is half of that. So there's, there's a lot of work to do to get to that BFR stage. Yeah. And it's so pricey. So I want it to work. I really do. Because I think the human spaceflight sort of, it does better when it has a very specific goal in mind. And I think this really will sort of, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to having a little mini go back to the moon human aspect to my news stories in the morning i think it's that kind of a story where you're just really invested in it because it's so out of this world i mean only 24 humans have ever left low earth orbit and they were all white americans so i am well up for seeing other people getting a chance to go and do this and if i can't go myself i want to see the pretty pictures uh, and you know sort of feel like i'm riding along with them so i think it's going to be a fun mission they're currently saying 2023 Mm-hmm. I reversed um, those last two digits. Just a Scottish person in me is just like, did you? I? <laughs> I'm not not entirely convinced by that timeline. I, again, it sits in the category I've said before. Of you, you aim for a target that's unreasonable because you're going to take you twice as long to get there. Yeah. As if you make a realistic date, it's going to take you twice as long to get there anyway. Yeah, I think so. So I, I guess you know, I, bottom line is I want to see it happen, and it sounds like a very um, noble individual is is sort mm. of in charge of this first one, which I think is great. Um, so yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. But can you imagine the the artwork or the creative stuff that would happen from letting people see that and people who are good at sort of putting all of that into whatever it is they're good at and then just dumping it back on us when they get back? So that's like a win win for me. And is, in, it, on top of are the they mission. genuinely saying that they will just send the artist and this chap? Are they going to be some engineers and? Uh, oh, there'll be there'll be think, yeah. there'll be official people oh, piloting. Big, big however team, many then. astronauts or in, engineers you need with them, yeah. but they've never. I haven't seen any numbers on that yet, and I think because the BFR is still evolving, mm. that design you don't know how many people you can actually get on because it's. All yeah, I mean BFR is ultimately part of this grand plan to go and colonize Mars, and, mm-hmm. which is good. At, we we could probably have a chat about colonizing Mars another day. Um, but it's interesting that we've already gone to the point where we're colonizing it before we've even had that conversation. Should we colonize yeah. it? Have we, have we, have we worked that out yet? Uh, well, that's because so, we're not colonizing it yet, so we haven't had that type of conversation. Yeah, well, to get <laughs> to Mars, the, the BFR would need to refuel in low Earth orbit to allow it to do Mars. Yeah. Um, but this is a one-shot deal, so um, mm-hmm. um, it can do the moon and back again in one go without needing to refuel. So. But it's all about these steps. Yeah, and, I mean, and that, it's a very logical thing to do is to learn how to get away from Earth orbit yeah. and come back and, and make sure your systems are behaving themselves before you go crazy far to Mars. Because um, I mean, certainly in the same sort of track of this was some of the stories about the NASA uh, Lunar Gateway project. It's been in the press again recently. This is the sort of NASA missions to co- not colonize the moon, but to get a permanent um, moon base on it. Because um, they're still doing their Orion heavy lifter. They're still working on this stuff as well. That's, I think the, the eventual configuration of the Orion will get into that super heavy lift category yeah. again, which is nice. Yeah, but again, that's, that's an even longer timeline than, than yeah. what SpaceX are saying. So yeah. it's, it's, yes. it's a while before we can get back to having those really chunky things, which we could maybe see from the ground. I would pay full in money just to go and see the, <laughs> feel the noise in my oh, chest of one of these things. It, oh. it, is the BFR going to have some re- reusable parts? The yeah, the first is, stage is going to come back. So, so it's like a giant version of the Falcon 9. Oh, that might I can't remember how many boosters are on the bottom. And it, it may even have to launch from the middle of the sea or something. There was speculation about it would have an ocean 
um, pad. Do you remember some of the very early concept art? It would sort of get fueled and that would cause it to bob on the water a little bit. Again, highly speculative. This is supposed to be the one that's just lots of money. Never mind lots of speculation. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I I think probably the next step for SpaceX is actually just launching people. So they haven't done that yet. I mean, they are, they're they meant to be close to... Their Dragon capsules now got a human-rated version. Yes. Which um, I have a feeling will launch really soon, actually. Yeah, yeah I know. It's not long close at all. To that being close to that. And that's a pretty big milestone when they're... Oh, yeah. When they are... You know, you've got... As you say, when you have a... Successful. A, a hu- <laughs> successful human-rated Yeah. Uh, I'm also sensing this will be a nice exactly. segue into potentially the next story because once the Dragon is working, NASA now has something other than a Soyuz that it can use to get to and from the ISS. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it means the Americans can go to uh, space with a South African taking them rather than uh, Russians. So, yeah, I don't know. Are you guys excited about the BFR? I think it'd be really interesting. Uh, I, I, I mean, very interested. I am probably more into the slightly sceptical category. Mind you, I, the whole normal Falcon Heavy thing, landing two things at once. Yeah. I remember watching that a few years ago and thinking that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. That's never going to happen. And it, and then it was absolutely picture perfect yeah. when they did it. But the time frame was a lot longer. And I suppose that's the, that's the thing. And that's what I expect to be the case here. Exactly. I don't yeah. think. And as long as you can keep the momentum and actually to be fair, in terms of large scale businesses being run by crazy billionaires, SpaceX is doing better than some other similar companies run by similarly crazy billionaires. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we've talked about this before, but it's hard to sort of, measure how useful it is like the apollo program for getting other engineers and scientists into the business yeah and making them go i want a piece of that and you know not just engineers and scientists but the, the all the thousands of people that you need admin on the ground uh, logistics all this kind of thing yeah. so there's a lot we'll, of we'll jobs see. We'll see to what help happens. you know produce this kind of uh, rocket yeah. so it could potentially be really cool yeah and i'm impressed if they can do it for five billion as well yeah because uh, i think that's part of the reason the nasa one you're saying the longer time frame it's also a lot more money but then, if you look at uh, government five, institution, they got to they got to monitor every well, single true. nickel that goes in. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, the still the cost will be. I just think it'll be huge. I mean, Saturn fives were, oh, far they were massive beasts. I mean, okay, they were doing a lot of things because all the landing and there was it was a larger infrastructure to build because there was nothing. There weren't launch pads and stuff available. They built everything for the Apollo missions, but it wasn't one hundred fifty billion or something. I mean, mm. so okay, and this is only one off in theory, but it's still. I, you're building 0.75% of an Apollo yeah. <laughs> And on, on, on that, yes. Isn't like it, that, yeah, it's, like the, the whole it's gonna be how hard, much mass it? you get to play with is, is scary too because the, the moon missions were 46 tons or thereabouts and that buys you two weeks with Apollo-era hardware and technology. So if you want to go to Mars, you're talking a minimum of you know eight to nine months and, and that's if you're not really hanging around and you're wasting fuel coming back quickly that's a long time if all you're doing is bringing everything you need with you so you've got to you know do more with less even with the new generation of rockets that are coming on stream none of them are that much better than what the Saturn V was capable of uh, so it's really interesting so th- I think the key and what we'll probably see happening and this is part of SpaceX's plan as well is lords of launches so to send humans to Mars, you don't just launch one rocket, you launch half a dozen and each yeah. one carries a different bit of the mission yeah. and then watch your budget go do 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 But it's up. still going to make me want to see that happen in it, a lifetime. It will be <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I shall say it's 3.75%, not 0.75%. <laughs> just kidding. I was just sitting here squinting my face going, no, that's not right. <laughs> no. it's, it, it, don't, don't make us do maths. <laughs> 
It's, it's the microphone. It scares it's me. No when you can't <laughs> Okay, so we've gone and this covers the story about lots of money. Let's talk about lots of speculation. Well, there's quite a lot of speculation in the SpaceX story as well. <laughs> Just a wee bit. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure everyone's heard about the uh, the news stories that hit the press. It's a couple of weeks ago now, but about a hole in the ISS. Um, which I feel I, like we should be playing conspiracy music or oh, something at the time. It's just been so funny to watch the fallout from this. I've loved it because it's been rather dramatic and also kind of mundane too. Oh, incredible. So I'll let you tell the story. So shut up, Ali. So, so when the headlines were there was a hole in the ISS and this was getting you dealt with. Um, and then I went, oh, you know, as soon as you say hole in a space station, my head always goes to the same thing. And it's, and warning about spoilers here, but the end scene from Alien Resurrection. Oh, yep. yeah. Knew oh, you were going there. Knew oh, you were going there. Where they shoot out the window and oh. the, the creature is sucked through that tiny little bit and this, you know, massive decompression and it's utter panic and mm. if you've not seen that film um sorry i've ruined the ending scene but to be honest with you do yourself a favor and don't watch that film <laughs> um but that's in that's what everyone thinks and that wasn't what happened here in fact nasa noticed there was a sort of pressure differential inside the iss the pre- air pressure was dropping ever ever so slightly they thought that's a bit weird should look into that oh wait that's not sort of sleep oh, let's not wake them up let them finish their nap which is quite nice of them really and, and they I woke mean, up in the morning and all the astronauts had, had popped out of the hole. Well, they've gone. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's anyway, like, don't. <laughs> they woke them up and said what had happened. And this is very slight. So they start looking for the pressure leak. And they found it in the Soyuz capsule. And they took some pictures of it. And they put some sealant on it and some duct tape. And it's all good now. Totally good. Which is, you know, like basically, I saw some images of what stuff they'd used. And, um, it's, and it's in a box. And it's all written in Russian. So I don't really know what it is. But looking at what was inside the box. It's basically two-part epoxy, which I've used to fix all sorts of stuff in the past. That's then, lethal stuff if you get it on your fingers. Yeah, a couple <laughs> of layers of that and then a bit of duct tape over the top and it's all good. And that's, their, that's like the long-term fix. Which duct is tape and spin? Wonderful. The level of engineering, the basic like, crude engineering to fix these things. Because if you've got leak in your, in your fiberglass bathtub, you do the same thing. Yeah. Right. So... Um, so, but that, that we haven't even gotten to the conspiracy no, yet. Like, no. So initially, there's, there's a micrometeorite impact that caused this. Which is, the theory. in and of itself, epically kind of scary oh, yeah. and kind of cool at the same time. Yeah. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But, um, but this wasn't, because this, was, this wasn't external, it was on the inside of the spaceship. So that wasn't a micrometeorite impact. <laughs> now, okay, well, you can get a chunky through. one could have maybe yeah. brought through. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. everything but, in the ISS now is now coated in wiffle shields, which is like it, two it, layers. Who are you calling a wiffle? You know what? <laughs> A whiffle shield. A whiffle It's shield. a great name, isn't it? <laughs> so this is a two-layer process. You basically got like a double-layer skin with an air gap, or you get a padded whiffle, which has other material in the middle. <laughs> a um, whiffle, if you will. <laughs> and the idea, I've, I've read this before in, um, in sort of anti, anti, um, anti-bullet, bulletproof armor, do the same thing, because uh, the yeah. bullet will hit the front piece of metal, shatter, and then all the other bits will catch in the back piece and not penetrate as deep. Because you so, spread it out over a bigger area, basically. Mm. Exactly. So if you've got a single thick armor piece, it'll just punch the whole way through because a bullet is a single piece on the whole time. So if you shatter it, it has much less of an impact. And if you put a bit of Kevlar in between or some Kevlar padding in between, it catches it and slows down even more. It's better. So that's basically what the ISS is now covered in. So actually, to get a, an impact, micrometeorite impact, and punch it all the way through is quite difficult and would be a massive problem. Mm. This seems to have been a drilled hole. <laughs> and this is where the proper conversion uh-huh. nuts start to go crazy. <laughs> Um, you know, is there an idea that while they were all asleep, one of the astronauts got up, got a drill, tried to drill through the ISS, and kill everyone? Oh no! <laughs> um, it's really not going to be that. It's still it, it's just so ludicrous. weird. Like the 
it's not even a well-drilled hole. No, if it's you really look raggedy. It, it looks like a drunk person <laughs> learned how to drill and finally got one. And it, that's what makes this even weirder because like somebody who doesn't know how to drill shouldn't be drilling anything. Well, so, I, so there's a couple of scratches at this online. There's, some, there's been a lot of chat by NASA experts and Russian experts mm-hmm. and all the rest. And um, there's lots of ideas. I, personal opinion, I'm going to say it's just my personal opinion. It looks as if somebody has been working on inside, the, inside the, the, the Soyuz capsule and has obviously had to modify a bracket to hold something down and has had to drill a new hole in a bit of bracketry or an M4 hole, which would be a four millimeter drill bit, which is the size of the hole in the ISS, and has plonked a bit of metal against something to lean on and taken a drill to it and gone through the bracket and that's fine and taken it away and gone off. We've all done that to our tables. We've done it to tables, I've done it to steps. <laughs> Oh. exactly what it looks like and they're just going because uh, uh, that's not how you're meant to do stuff but let's be honest here that's all how we do stuff but then not not in not in space uh, travel surely <laughs> but on the ground before so it goes up can we, can we just that sounds so entirely plausible this yeah. hole was actually in the Soyuz capsule correct so it's not part of the space station it's the bit which is just be gone up on the recent mission. And it's we'll... been up for a couple of months, though. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, yeah. but in the sense of it's, it's been on the ground recently. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. it's, I mean, if there was a hole drilled in one of the main living quarters, then <laughs> one of the astronauts is having a breakdown. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, and that's the thing, like, it doesn't make any sense for it to be someone on board the ISS because it's, it's just really, it's really, it's really hard to do because not that the drills are just lying around on the ISS. No. You know, it's not like it's a toolbox in the corner you can pick up and wander off with. Zero G drilling will technically spin you around if you. If you're not <laughs> oh my word, well, that's cool! It's <laughs> like get the torque wrong. That that feels like a video somebody needs to make. I think that's highly unlikely yeah. to see that happen. But Send yeah. Chris Hadfield back. Not to mention the noise. You know, well, yeah. everyone's sleeping. <laughs> Surely the whole place would reverberate while you're trying to do this. So and I, also, I don't like, know. like it wasn't done very well. Like if you're going to bring the ISS down from the inside or damage it irreparably, so that you had to leave. You would do a better job. There's easier things that you could do. Well, so that's what I was going to bring up because it it's because whoever made the mistake had seen the mistake. I think that's the current thinking because yeah. they, they must have seen the hole, put sealant on it, but sealant doesn't do well in a vacuum, so mm-hmm. that that sealant effectively dries out. So that's why it took two months for the hole to reappear, basically, because yeah. the sealant just eventually went when it wasn't big enough to fill the gap. Yeah. So. That kind of explains. I, I think we've got a fairly plausible I explanation. Think I think the whole conspiracy about astronauts trying to come home early and stuff is yeah. kind of just ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, there are and, easier ways to do that than trying to drill and hide your drill. And, uh, you know, and there's even things about, so, oh, one of the American astronauts did it to like try and point out that the, the Russian isn't good quality anymore and they should transfer to using American made dragon capsules by ISS. And there's this big conspiracy theory and it's political and it's just well somebody's <sighs> gonna be pulled up in front of management I well mean, it's that you know like there, there is rumors have that... to figure out what the because apparently it was it was had an inspection and in the pictures mm. of that inspection you can't see it yeah. so, which implies it was done it's, very close to launch rather yeah. than you know so this was a very last minute it's also addition. pretty tucked away like if you yeah. like we showed you where it was and it's like underneath a thing and behind another thing you had to like pull something up and it's like well you can see you might miss that so here's a question. How do you find a hole? Right? Because we, we know the hole's not going to suck you through alien style and you, you can actually cover it with your thumb and your thumb won't get sucked out into space. You mm-hmm. can just do that. And I think they did do that when they first yeah. spotted it. I mean, initially it didn't go to hard vacuum. But... It went to other shielding, which then eventually was hard vacuum. A, so it just... does it make a 
really audible hiss. And, and you might not know the answer, but I, and, and B, I've seen movies where they like throw water into yeah, the, you get a, into yeah. the space capsule and watch the water move towards the thing. And I'm like, surely they, they're a bit more systematic than just throwing water around and electronics and stuff. So, so how'd you do? I don't know for certain. So this is mostly speculative. So I'm going to caveat it with that. But I did see a video about this by, it was, like an, it was on Russian social media, which I think I found through Twitter. Um, <laughs> but it was all in Russian, I didn't really understand it. But the guy had a device in his hand, which he was talking about, which I assume how they find a leak. And it was essentially a, cylinder, a black cylinder with a screen and some buttons on it, and then like a cone on the end. And it was all plugged You're in. You're describing the thing for hitchhiking in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Is that not that? <laughs> oh, that's a conspiracy. <laughs> um, I think that's like the reason to find it. And it actually reminds me of a device we've got here, which is a sniffer, which is designed for finding leaks on cryostats, which are pressure vessels. It's very, very similar. So I assume they know roughly where this pressure was coming from. So is it just looking for a pressure difference between the two ends? And that, you just move it around and as soon as it, you that, get a, gra- you sort you get of a like gradient. Pump some helium like out. And the helium, because it's much lighter, gets pulled out there much faster. Oh, and you basically cool. like have a helium sniffer, and you've got oh, more helium here, more helium here. Oh, oh well, there's a hole. Oh, so, so, so you, cool. do, you do, do it with like what you're well, suggesting. Pretty much, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's helium, your first water, step to... but like inert helium rather. Well, because I'd assumed you'd, you'd start closing hatches, and then NASA mm. could tell you where the leak was based on which hatch was still going down. Yeah, is the Soyuz um, open when it's? I mean, well, I it, so. is it, is it on, I think they use it as storage space, so right, yeah. So they just open the door, open. the door is open, and it stays open. Yeah. Well, yeah. the orbital module where the hole is is the bit that doesn't get used for re-entry, but it will get discarded and will burn up, so yeah. it will be used as a dustbin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you don't need room for the astronauts, you so can they're probably you can, dumping stuff in it yeah, yeah, all the time. I, yeah. I think so you have to wonder if they did they put something in there, they bumped the sealant, and that's what opened the hole. Oh, oh, maybe. There's so many inane ways that this could happen. Yeah. But it just makes far but more it was sense. interesting because it's, it's you know it's no joke i guess having an emergency in no. space and so this was the first example of something depressurizing that people didn't notice because there's i mean there was a russian mission where the cosmonauts were killed because there was a faulty valve in mm. their um spacecraft so they'd actually asphyxiated before they had a chance to do anything about it yeah so it's it, you know it's potentially very scary um it, but, but at least this one was mundane enough to be so slow that you're kind of like well I like I keep when you say we're emergency, it was an emergency, yes, but not by a you know they wait they let them wake you know, wake up naturally whenever their shift ended anyway because it was so small that it's like well you can deal with it when you get up and still be fine. Sounds more like a red dwarf emergency. There's yeah. an emergency going on. <laughs> I suppose the biggest question it raises is: Did somebody know on the ground who then went? Oh, <clears throat> it'll be just fine. cover it up. Uh, it'll be all right. And I suppose this time it yeah. wasn't a major thing, and yeah. you kind of go well. If it had been a major thing, would they have known? Would they have, I presume? There, there is a rumour that, I think it's Cosmos that built the Soyuz and maintained them. They already know who did this. And the person's already been pulled up for it. But they're not going to publicly announce that. Which I, I sort of understand from an internal point of view, and you want to protect your staff. and oh, Okay, maybe not protect very well, but whatever. I, I kind of get that it's an internal issue, and it's been dealt with, and everything's fine. So. It's interesting because you, you kind of want a culture where you speak up about stuff like that. Because yeah. if, 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 <laughs> but if, if you put this guy in, 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 in leg irons That's and true. march him through You're the right. streets, then everyone else will be like, well, I'm not telling you about that other thing that I dropped. Or, yeah. you know, it's so, because it, it's really hard to independently test mm-hmm. because on the ground, if the sealant was holding, they wouldn't have found a leak before it launched yeah. anyway. So yeah. like without that 
technician Honesty. reporting something happened, then then yeah. So you kind of want to reward it in a weird way. Yeah, but also also slap them at the same time. It doesn't even <laughs> need to have been that you drilled it. You you, you let on that to drill. You could drop the drill. Yeah, like I, I don't know if anyone else has done this. I've I've dropped a drill before while it's been running. I've shattered a drill bit while drilling through I've broken many a drill bit. But the uh, scary as hell thing to do. And this definitely looked like a more like a drill mark, but I could sort of see like, no, you could maybe cause that if you'd done something silly and you dropped it and you don't want to admit to that fact. I, I get it. You know, J- Jimmy's on day one of his apprenticeship and manages to manage that. And then you ain't going to go tell him. Uh, we should probably point out it's probably not a guy called Jimmy, uh, just in case <laughs> Jimmy's sitting there going, how did they find that? <laughs> no. It's also not reference to Jimmy they, who works here. They've, they've sleuthed us. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> okay, so we'll move away from uh, our lots of conspiracy theory one there. That was um, a fun story. I think we'll move towards the story which has lots of energy in it. Lots of energy. And I, I think probably a little bit of speculation as well, to be yay. fair. So we'll hand over to our most energetic team member. Oh, yay. Right. I should be excited. So I am excited because I think it's a rather nice story. <laughs> I'm scowling. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a follow-up story, I suppose. Um, so if, and we checked this, if you go back to episode 18 of the What's Up podcast, um, you will find the exciting story about the neutron-neutron star merger, which happened in episode 18. <laughs> <laughs> it happened in real life as well, not just during the podcast. Yeah, about, it, about six months ago. <laughs> I think it might have been a little bit more than that. Is that all? Six months? Oh, I see you're doing it. Four minus yeah, 18. Yeah. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> He's outnumbered us again. <laughs> So you guys both have PhDs in astrophysics. <laughs> no, today I don't. <laughs> I'm sure it's further ago than that. I think the event was longer ago, wasn't yeah. it? It was just the press release came out after a while. Yeah. So the event was the fact that we had, well, there was a merger of two neutron stars, uh, which sent out gravitational waves, which we managed to detect. Um, and then having seen the gravitational wave signature, every telescope on the planet basically was pointed at the right patch of sky. Uh, and the to, ones not on the planet? Yes, uh, indeed, indeed. Um, they were all pointed at the same patch of sky and we were able to see some flash um, from the event of these two compact objects merging together, which was at the time, as we... And still said, is. And still is, tremendously. Yeah. And actually, we haven't had another one, actually. Have Properly we? epic. Well, um, I think they've only started switching things back. Oh, and recently. They've so. been upgrading the detectors, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, um, I mean, it's a fantastic result because it was the fact that we were able to uh, see uh, a gravitational wave event and an electromagnetic wave event, as mm. in the light we see and gravitational waves at the same time. And, and it kind of... Say it wasn't. It was just one of those moments when you kind of go, "Well, physics might not be right, but it ain't yet wrong," um, which is <laughs> kind of good. Um, so that was very exciting. But of course, the other intriguing thing is the fact that what's the astrophysical event that we saw? What's happening, and how does it work? Um, and we think that say this this event, this flash of light and waves, were caused by a merger of two neutron stars, which are things that may be the size of a sort of about the size of a city, but weigh mm. the mass of the sun. Um, so pretty pretty dense objects. Um, and when they collide, um, they kind of spiral in next to each other. They spin around. Um, I'm trying to think of like a, a good everyday example. Yeah, I suppose if you think of like one of those, just even just thinking of one of those coins you drop into one of those wells you get at museums and it goes spinning around and it gets faster and faster and faster and then disappears down the hole. It feels much um, like dancing on ice or certainly come dancing and sort yes. of pirouetting and spinning nice. and you pull your arms in or you get closer together your yep. momentum increases and you spin faster mm. oh i like that one anyone yeah. ever play swing ball you know when it sort of wraps around the pole and goes, it gets faster faster like, yes uh, except you've got two at the same time yes yeah, so you need the, two swing the, balls the pole spinning, is the other neutron star and they get faster and faster <laughs> some of faster. us go to museums some of us watch it they come dancing some ah, of us play swing ball those things were lethal the injuries oh man I, sorry i'm, I'm digressing <laughs> 
So the, when the two things merged, um, they gave out a huge flash um, of electromagnetic radiation, which we saw. Um, but the other interesting thing, and ties in with theories we would have expected, is that we think they'd give out a sort of a jet type thing where you get a long... So if you imagine this spinning... So if you think of Ali Swingball, continue your, your analogy, um, along the line of the pole um, of the, which the ball is attached to. So the ball is swinging around on a plane um, and then perpendicular to that plane. Am I allowed to say perpendicular to that plane? Is that mm-hmm. right? It's a bit I think you just did. Along, along, the pole of the swing along the pole of the swing ball, you should get material thrown out, we think. Um, and Which you do see in a whole bunch of astrophysical situations. We so do. It's not, yeah, yeah. Um, like young stars do it in AGM. Yeah, you get in, jets which yeah. are along the axis of rotation. Um, and so... What are these? I'm assuming this isn't like F-16s flying at the end. <laughs> no, this is highly um, charged material. Um not highly charged, but charged material at incredible speeds. So the thing is, what they've seen... And coming out like in a, in a pole along it, not as like a burst going in all directions, well, but very that's directional? One, yes, very directional. Um, and that's one of the things which they've managed to see from this event, which is the exciting part. Um, so the, the paper... Had that been predicted? Was that... A... Yes, but oh. there was... Uh, they, there were different theories of what you would see, and this allows a little bit of lifting of the sort of... You know, you're able to say, oh, it looks a bit more like theory A than theory B, okay. which is kind of nice. Um, and one of the things is that it is more, really is a very confined jet. Um, they think it's maybe only sort of five degrees wide. So it's a real pointy pencil beam of energy. Um, I mean, this is great because um, actually, intriguingly, we expect these events. To, so this is actually giving out, um, it also gives out gamma rays along that jet, um, which we see. And, and that's one of the things which is it, We've seen many of these events over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years since we've been looking for them. Um, you get gamma ray bursts. Um, and when we see them, they're incredibly high energy events, um, which are either, um, either they're giving out energy in every single direction and we manage to see them, in which case the amount of en- total energy is, is crazy ludicrous. Yeah. Or they just give out their energy in a very narrow beam in uh, which we happen by chance to be aligned up along and we get that we look straight down the the pole of alley swing ball and we <laughs> look straight down that pole and the, the energy is coming straight towards us which means if you can imagine, imagine that you've only got a segment of energy rather than a whole like ball of energy yes so it's not half as it's nothing like as much energy it's still loads but it makes it possible because if it, if it was giving out energy in every direction it just makes no sense yeah it's like the bulb for a torch yeah, if you take the bulb absolutely. for torch out of torch, and it's actually not that bright when you put the cone behind it, and it makes all that energy in one singular beam in that direction. Yeah. It's much brighter. Totally. And the fun thing is, is if you see lots of them and you know they're beamed, then you know there's loads more that you aren't seeing, which yes. is kind of fun too. Yes, uh, that's really true. <laughs> so, so we've seen those things before, and people said, well, we think they come from neutron neutron star merge. Sounds great. It must do, probably in a jet. We don't really know. Here, we've seen a neutron neutron star merge, which we've measured independently. Um, and now we've seen its jet, and they've managed to see, um, effectively, you're seeing the jet interacting with shells of material which are around the object. So there seems to be material deposited in a shell outside the object, and you're, sort of, you're seeing it kind of, you're getting emission as this material, jet-like material, is heating some of the shells. And so they've managed, to, and you've seen it, they've seen it a couple of different points. Um, as it's propagated through different materials. So is that material from, not from the merger, because it wouldn't have travelled fast. No. So it, is, is that just like debris left yes. behind? Probably from, from the earlier stage or? of the star, star, star sort of. So I guess you get that with supernovae, with they kind of burp some outer layers off yeah. before they explode, and those outer layers have got lots of time to move away, and then yes. they get slammed into. And, and these um, things, these individual stars must have gone supernovae at some point. So these were stars, 
which at the end of their lives went bang. Um, so it's kind of their leftovers. It's their it's, leftovers. Which is kind of cool. Which is like, really yeah. cool because it's tying together lots of different f- the physics. Um, and it's also amazing. I mean, the energy is like they, they can, cause you can see where these um, heated patches are effectively. And therefore, you can work out the speed. And this thing's traveling at 97% the speed of light. Um, oh, that's which, is, which is pretty <laughs> damn fast. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think it's just a, it's a really nice little um, story. Well, it's a nature paper. It's not a little, I mean, it's like, I think it's a little story. makes it sound quite <laughs> it's, it's a big it's, deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just, again, say it's these sort of tying together lots of bits of different predictive theories, which we haven't previously been able to sort of see. And you're actually seeing an explosion like this almost in real time. You know? I also love that it's still just the first one that we've seen. So it's probably going to be the first of many, but we're, yes. we're still sort of waiting for somebody else to go, yeah, we've seen a bunch. Yeah, more. we'll see loads more. Yeah. Um, I mean, I should, I should say just in terms of the jets, we, you get the gamma rays, which are coming out at the speed of light, and then you're also getting material. So you're getting lots of energy effectively along that, um, along that jet so direction. I, just to be annoying, what are the odds that the first ever one we saw happened to be pointing towards us as well well like, actually that's that's kind of fun to sorry yeah i should say it's around. not it's not straight towards us it's uh, so so actually because we didn't we're not looking down the jet of this one so we're just slightly it's a, off it's about 20 degrees off they think um so it increases the chances so is it the shell interactions that they're using to predict this or are you still seeing some of the jet uh yes seeing the jet interacting with the shell yes yeah. So it's not, yeah. the, it's not the beam of the jet you're nope. seeing, it's the effect of we're the not, jet. We're yeah. not looking down the jet. I guess yeah. to be fair, they're not going to have, there's not going to be any way the images will have like resolution to see nope. the jet. This will all be done spectroscopically. Oh, no, actually. I think, Don't make me say spectroscopically. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, th- okay, I, think, I think, no, I think they've seen, the fact, effectively, they're able to see the location of the... Are they just working no, with light curves? Right Are they working distance. with light curves? And yeah, because I, I, mm, I... Good question, I think. Okay, I, okay we can, we can dive into that later, but the... Um, the distance we are talking... No, but things are trying to... Not even speed of, speed well, in, 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 it's covered in a huge difference. Active galaxy spectra, I can look at lines where I know they should come from, and if they're blue-shifted or red-shifted, you can... That immediately translates into a speed if you assume that that stuff is moving. So that's one way of... Talking about jets, if you can see a line that's not where it's supposed to be, you can see there's material moving away from where I think the thing should be. So with this one, maybe it's similar or maybe they're being a bit clever with it. I don't, I don't know. It'd be I'll, fun to find out. I think William signed up there for a follow-up tweet yeah. after release to just clarify <laughs> quite how, how, how exactly have they... I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's a good question. Because I was just thinking about it. To, this thing is incredibly far away. So in order to be able to see... The motion, I agree with you, sounds like that would be beyond the mm. power of our telescopes. But equally, we know that the press release was six months ago, uh, <laughs> as we wrote earlier on. So the event could, was actually, I think, about a year ago. So the, could it be the, like a light the, echo where they sort of they're seeing it rebrighten? I don't know, which that. implies that a jet of material has smacked into. Well, I mean, it's, or, but it's had a light year's worth of travel, effectively. It's not too shabby. Or ninety-seven percent of a light year's worth of travel since 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 the thing went off about a year ago. Um, so it's that's quite a large distance. So. I need to go and find out. Good question. Yeah, okay. I need um, to read more. It's, I mean, actually, I hadn't, in all honesty, I was looking for news stories for this. and Because this didn't seem to get a, we, a we lot of We do tend to do a lot of our prep um, soon before we record. So, oh, but that's kind of the fun. Because if, if it ceases to be interesting for us, then it'll be less fun to talk about. And so like, I, I was going through like not and I found this story. I was like, why didn't this get more press? Because this is a really cool story. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I want to read more, so I shall go and read more. Okay, cool. It's your homework. <laughs> yeah. When you listen to this podcast after release, keep an eye out on our Twitter feed at Old Rehe Astro, our Facebook page at Old Rehe Astro, 
uh, to see if William follows up and answers this poignant mm. question that Ali has asked. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, and that'll give us something to do when, before we make the next podcast. So yes. we'll finish up there. Uh, and if any of you are artists, then does, I know a guy that you should write to. <laughs> <laughs> he's flogging tickets and he's not going to charge for the seats. So, uh, so keep I'm, that on I'm your list. I'm practicing my drawing. Hi, yeah, just go. But it's not just artists. He's asking for a whole bunch of, you know, there'll be sculptors and, and whoever. Podcasters? Oh, yeah, uh, pro- Screw it. We're, we're writing. <laughs> Sorry. I'll shut up. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks all. Bye. If you enjoy this banter and you want to hear more from us, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Old Wiki Astro. 